to Mobility at Work. I'm Hani and I am your host for today's episode. This podcast is sponsored by Asper. Asper offers most powerful, advanced and secure device management solutions for Android dedicated devices. Meet us to experience the magic of Asper at the Smart Nation Expo and forum at stand number B8148. All right, uh, today we'll be having another guest speaker from Frost and Sullivan, which is Ms. Neo Yingting. She's a research analyst in cybersecurity, and she will talk about the security for digital transformations everywhere you need it as our topic for today. Thank you so much, Ms. Neo, for your time to talk in our podcast. Glad to have you here. Uh, how are you today? Hello to everyone tuning in. Hello, honey. <laughs> I'm doing great. It's my pleasure to be here on Mobility at Work. Thank you for having me. Right, right. Uh, you're most welcome. Before we proceed, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your company's background? Sure. So as you have briefly introduced, my name is Yin Ping. I'm the research analyst from Frost and Sullivan cybersecurity team. I'm currently based in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. And to give our audience a brief introduction on Frost and Sullivan, we are a global research and consulting company. Um, we are really known for our market intelligence insights and also our services that we provide to help companies uh, address some of the most pressing global challenges that we see today. And along the way, we also come in to help identify opportunities that companies can leverage on to grow. Um, even though our APAC cybersecurity team um, is based in Malaysia mostly, we have been working closely with research and consulting teams across Asia Pacific and our global teams for both APAC and global research efforts as well. Yeah. This season of Mobility at Work is powered by Sindes and sponsored by Asper. Please stay tuned for more content about managing your business with technologies. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ms. Neil. Back to the topic, uh, when COVID-19 struck, it compels societal changes all over the world, right? Nearly overnight, governments issued orders restricting large crowds, limiting in-person business operations, and encouraging people to work from home as much as possible. So as a result, businesses and schools alike began to look for ways to operate remotely, thanks to the internet. They used various collaborations platforms and video conferencing capabilities to stay in touch with colleagues, clients, and students while working from home at offices. So this has prompted businesses and corporations to shift and accelerate their efforts towards digital transformations, which has impacted business across industries. So before we discuss further about this, maybe you can share us a bit about the digital transformation. Yes. Um, so while all of us know, you know, digital transformation has been ongoing and has been on the corporate agenda or in boardroom discussions for years, but the implementation has definitely been accelerated by the COVID-19 pandemic. So globally, we see a large shift in terms of business priorities from pre-pandemic era to the start of post-pandemic era, which is before 2019 versus 2020 and 2021 onwards. So one of the surveys conducted at Frost and Sullivan shows that you know, businesses back in 2019 were mostly focused on becoming uh, more innovative than their competitors um, on cost reductions and also going to the market a little bit faster using fast-paced production. And this is essentially more growth-driven. And fast forward to the pandemic era, businesses' priorities were more for survival, to keep their businesses running. So during the global lockdown, business processes and operations, be it customer-facing or among employees, 
But on the go, that still changes um, by shifting to the digital space to adapt to this global uh, remote working. And as businesses transform digitally, they were very much focused on maintaining their customer relationships, customer satisfaction, and ensuring effective business processes were in place. So generally, this is what we are seeing in terms of digital transformation. And of course, this whole transformation process is only enabled by the technology investments by respective IT departments. So across Asia-Pacific countries, at least 53% of the organizations in countries like Australia, India, and Singapore have also confirmed that um, acceleration in their technology investments are due to, largely due to COVID-19. And we continue to see how digital technologies and channels have emerged as um, organizations focus post-pandemic as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so as we move into the world of hybrid work, organizations must set up the robust digital tools that inspire seamless collaborations and communications. So what is your point of view at the cultural shift on the workplace nowadays? I think we can all agree that the workforce plans have changed tremendously. Um, we found out that despite the reopening of borders, the workplace will change for good. So flexible and hybrid working plans remain really high in demand and are here to stay. And while these workplace strategies remain to be really fluid post-pandemic, we are still observing organizations continually experiment with um, this hybrid working model as an iterative process while they monitor the outcomes. So be it hybrid, fully remote or fully physical, there is a cultural workforce shift where organizations recognize the importance of business agility. So more companies strive to cultivate employee-first culture and to create work environments which are more tech-infused. And what I mean by tech infused are in the sense that more companies start to use more web applications, apps, or even uh, cloud-based applications for their daily operations. So, you know, a decade ago, cloud is viewed as an alternative by many organizations. Today, organizations actually recognize cloud as a business enabler, a foundation to digitalization and an essential part of their business strategies. So organizations are actually starting to move their infrastructure, applications and assets to the cloud to cater to this remote working trend, which expedites the cloud migration process. All right, talking about the cloud migrations, how is it linked with digital transformations actually? In order to meet this evolution of business goals as I have shared, we see organizations continue to accelerate their cloud migration strategies. And around 74% of businesses claim that cloud is actually the most critical part of this digital transformation. And to digitally transform, organizations require a flexible cloud infrastructure. So cloud is no longer a place or an alternative data center, but rather a way for businesses to operate digitally. And many industries start to actually see, or rather are more convinced than ever, on the value of cloud because of pandemic. And besides, we also know that you know, supply chain issues continue to be an issue across the globe. Organizations will have to learn to cope with delayed shipments or higher price chipsets for hardware installations if they were to continue with their traditional legacy on-prem deployments. So even though both deployment methods have their respective pros and cons, um, legacy on-prem will be very cost heavy, especially for SMBs or industries which do not have critical infrastructures to protect in the long run. And I would say that as companies digitally transform, um, organizations that 
opt for cloud-based deployments are mainly for its scalability um, as data and applications continue to grow in volume. And in comparison to the on-prem deployment, cloud-based um, deployment actually provides faster deployment and accessibility to, um, to all those advanced computing capabilities. So these are some of the benefits of cloud migration if businesses are to embark on a digital transformation journey more sustainably. And yeah. All right, wow, there's a new things I learned today. It's a good sharing actually. So however, when considering moving to the cloud, what I understand is we must also consider a number of the risk factors, right? So perhaps you could share to us what kind of the cyber threats that are now evolving in one organizations? Yes, definitely. Um, this enterprise transformation is inevitably leading to more risk. So increasing cloud migration also means that there will be a higher number of connected devices and the body integrations. So with more devices connected to the network, enterprises have more endpoints to manage. And this expands the network parameter as well as the attack surface, which creates a rather complicated environment for a lot of enterprises to monitor. And the increasing complexity of the cloud environment due to the mix of applications and data makes it difficult for organizations to enforce their security policies. And which is why we see risks involved with using the cloud, like insecure cloud connections, identity and account tests, um, attacks on cloud servers, workloads, and APIs. And meanwhile, there are also you know, other zero-day vulnerabilities and exploits, like um, the famous lock or J exploits, ransomware and malware um, through those web applications. So these attacks are usually and largely witnessed across many major industries like financial services, healthcare, manufacturing, etc. Um, so this, I would say that organizations really need to consider issues like data security, um, misconfiguration, and most importantly, regulatory and policy compliance, uh, which is also a key driver in a lot of regions uh, when implementing their cloud strategy. And, and for us in Sullivan, we do see that um, cybersecurity will increasingly become a key technology focus area across organizations in this coming few years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then how about the challenges that normally organizations face? And is there any possible ways that we can mitigate them? Can we tackle them? To give you an overview, um, CIOs across Southeast Asia actually reported that their top three most common cybersecurity challenges are number one, too many false positives, um, number two, the high cost of data access and consolidation, and lastly, the, the capability to actually monitor the complex cloud environment. So these common cybersecurity challenges are all due to the increasing amount of data handled by each organization. And when we look at the number of endpoints managed, on average, uh, most enterprises have an average number of 10,000 to 50,000 endpoints, which is a lot. And this number of endpoints reflect the huge amount of data handled by each organization. And I would say enterprises need to invest in solutions to fully, fully utilize those data sitting at the back-end environment. And first of all, I think there has to be a shift in mindset among enterprises, you know, moving from that prevention to now a more detection mindset, taking a more proactive approach. Um, enterprises should look to integrate their security tools to ingest trade data collected from different sources and focus on utilizing these outcomes to help them effectively prevent cyber attacks. 
So this is also why there has been an increasing demand for XDR solution, which essentially takes on a more proactive approach to aggregate data from multiple sources to enhance its response. Right? So based on Frost and Sullivan's ongoing market analysis, um, some of the cybersecurity technologies um, enterprises that we encourage to watch for when trying to tackle some of their cybersecurity challenges include technologies like cloud security, SASE, zero trust, and of course, different tools to protect them from cyber uh, supply chain attacks. This season of Mobility at Work is powered by Sindes and sponsored by Asper. Please stay tuned for more content about managing your business with technologies. As cybercrime becomes more sophisticated, businesses must accept that they are in the escalating battle with cyber criminals and will need to work both hard and smart to stay ahead. So how can organizations cope with this uh, involving cyber threats? If we, if we look at cloud security, if we look at cloud security, um, we hear from our vendors, even though an increasing number of enterprises are migrating to the cloud, many of them, especially uh, across Southeast Asia, still do not have the framework to secure their cloud workloads and cloud infrastructure. Um, and when we talk about moving to cloud, secure by design offered by CSPs, which are cloud service providers like uh, AWS, Microsoft Azure, or GCP is crucial. However, there is a general misconception among organizations that the responsibility of securing the cloud um, belongs to the CSV solely. So organizations need to first be aware that securing the cloud is actually a shared responsibility of both CSVs and customers. And while CSPs are responsible to ensure security of the cloud infrastructure like servers, um, storage and network, organizations actually hold greater responsibility in ensuring the security of workloads, identity, data and assets in the cloud. And this is something organizations need to reevaluate in terms of their security strategy and their policies to effectively um, secure the workloads and applications that they are deploying into the cloud. And perhaps some of the other factors that CISOs can take into consideration when adopting a cybersecurity solution include the availability of centralized visibility, um, the ability to integrate different security technologies, for example, plot workload protection with XDR or threat intelligence services, or perhaps um, they can look into which are third-party cybersecurity service providers, MSSPs, that organizations can potentially work with. Yep, I think the what matters is, sorry. Yep, I think what matters is that business leaders work strategically making cybersecurity as integral to their daily operations. So we may not be able to completely defeat uh, cyber attackers, but business leaders can uh, begin to tip the skills back to their favorite, right? Yeah, and for businesses, business leaders to make that happen, I would add that there needs to be a shift in perspective towards the role of security. Um, as a business enabler is what um, they should look at security as, and sorry, start again. <laughs> they should look at security as a business enabler. Security being involved in more business initiatives and decision makings, um, there needs to be more awareness towards what's available in the cybersecurity market that is suitable for organizations' respective business models. Yeah, and at 
at Frost and Sullivan, we actually have cybersecurity teams across different global regions, not just APAC. Um, we cover a comprehensive cybersecurity industry research whereby each year we cover well-rounded research topics in our production plan. And some of which we have covered throughout the years are network security and even the upcoming emerging technologies that have garnered a lot of attention over the years, especially because of digital transformation, such as CNAP, ZTNA, SASE, etc., um, which would, I would say, provide critical insights on cybersecurity technologies essential for cloud migration and is a good reference point for a lot of organizations. And we're proud to say that this research efforts have played a huge role in educating the market, including business leaders looking to adopt cybersecurity technologies and offerings in the market. All right, that's a good sharing from you today with us. So yeah, thank you so much, Mr. Neil, for taking your time to discuss this with us. That was absolutely good sharing we had for today. So we at Sindes are going to host uh, plenty of podcast sessions with a few more guest speakers in the coming days. So if you are curious about who will be speaking with me next, please stay tuned and keep an eye out for the upcoming episode. Don't forget to check out our website, sindes.biz, and follow us on our social media as well for more content about managing your business with technologies. I'm Hani, and thank you everyone for listening today. Until next time. Thank you so much, Mr. Neil. 